When I first started my business in April of last year, I was struggling to attract clients who were ready to work with me. My income was like a roller coaster ride for the first six months. I couldn't seem to figure out how to make consistent income each month. I was also working 12 to 16 hour days doing everything I possibly could to get my business off the ground. I was doing every single job in my business. At that time, I didn't have the money to invest in a coach, but I also knew I needed the guidance if I was ever going to be able to quit my nine to five job and go full time doing what I loved. So I bit the bullet and invested in a coach and it was the best decision I ever made for my business. I see this all the time with new entrepreneurs. They need the support and guidance of a coach, but they don't have the money to invest. It's a total catch 22. It's like, I need to make money before I invest in a coach, but at the same time, I'm struggling to make money without a coach. And that's exactly why I created Becoming Your Own CEO, my signature five-week course where you get coaching from a high-level coach, me, without the high-level price tag so you can ditch the typical nine-to-five and go full-time doing what you love. This is different from other group programs because you actually do receive one-on-one support and real coaching. More importantly, you get me, but it doesn't stop there. You also get weekly small group coaching calls with one-on-one coaching from me to help you clear the roadblocks in your business. You'll also learn everything you need to build a profitable foundation through weekly pre-recorded trainings and PDF guides. Plus, you'll get access to a private Facebook group with 24-7 business support from me to get all of your questions answered immediately. Finally, you'll receive one 30-minute private coaching call to create the blueprint to becoming your own CEO. This five-week program is valued at $2,800, but for the first five people, I am offering it for only $497 or two payments of $333. There's only one spot left at this price. After the first five people, it'll be $777 in full or two payments of $444. I seriously cannot believe how much value is in this program, and I'm so excited to be able to offer it at this unbelievable price. I also like to reward those who take fast action. So here are some of the bonuses. For the first five people who enroll, you'll also receive my video training on how to create Black Friday deals that sell. So you'll actually be able to start making your money back in the first few weeks of this course. Plus, the first nine people who enroll will also get my Making Money on Social Media course, plus a personalized social media audit. If you're ready to build the foundation in your business to become your own CEO, apply now before the spots are full. I'm only allowing nine women into this program to keep it intimate and to ensure that everyone gets one-on-one support. There are only six spots remaining. So if you're ready to make 2020 the year you become your own CEO, go to the link in the show notes and apply now. Aloha, beautiful souls, and welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Helen Edwards, who is a movement speaker, creator, and author. In this episode, we talk about her journey to becoming a serial entrepreneur. One of the things that really sticks out to me about Helen's story is that she never waited for the right time or for opportunities to show up. 
she created opportunities for herself. Helen opens up about the struggles she faced throughout her journey, as well as why she is a passionate advocate for mental health. She also shares about the concept of your inner warrior, healer, and demons, and how you can nurture each one of these so that you can live your most fulfilled life. I love this open and raw conversation with Helen, and I'm so excited to dive in. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Helen. There is a trigger warning for this episode. If you are listening to this episode and you feel triggered, please just go ahead and skip forward to the next incredible episode. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Lee, and I'm a business mindset coach, public speaker, world record holder, power lifter, and self-love advocate. I believe that there is so much power in owning and sharing our story, which is why on this podcast, I interview other powerful women about the challenges that they have overcome to be where they are today. My goal for this podcast is to create a safe space for all women to share their real, raw, and mostly unedited stories that will leave you empowered to live more authentically, openly, and freely. If you're looking to up-level your happiness, success, and fulfillment, then you've come to the right place. Look at this podcast as your weekly dose of personal development and mindset work to help you shift into your most uplifted self. Thank you so much for pressing play today, and now let's find out what's uplifting you today. Welcome back to the Uplifting Podcast. Today, my guest is Helen Edwards, who is a movement speaker, event creator, and the international selling author of Nothing Sexier Than Freedom in Your Inner Evolution. She has also worked with the Phoenix Prison Yoga Project, which is a program that works with incarcerated adults and teens. She has a background working as a vision therapist and working with children with autism. She is also the creator and owner of Sexy Freedom LLC and the host of the Sexy Freedom Media Podcast. Welcome, Helen. Hey! (laughs) Thanks for joining me. So I didn't know that you had a background working with children with autism. That's actually the field that I was in prior to becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. I I worked with the kids with autism um, while I was a vision therapist, and my, my nephew has autism and um, my uncle has schizophrenia. So I've kind of been introduced into mental health and uh, special needs since a, since a very young age. Wow, that's amazing. Well, that kind of leads me into my first question. You know, I love to just start the conversation with you sharing a story from your past that got you into the work that you're doing today as a movement speaker, event creator and author. Okay, sure. Yeah, let me share. All right. So here's what happened. <laughs> a long, long time ago, back in 2008, seems so long ago. Uh, I was, I had just gone through a divorce. It seems like many of us go through a very hard time. And then all of a sudden, we're like, that's, it's almost like we're going through the mud and becoming that lotus flower. What was in 2008 for me, I found my tribe here in Phoenix, Arizona. And I was invited to a seminar on uh, real estate. And in that seminar, I was told for the very first time, not told, but more like motivated that you can make money and you can change your mindset. And basically you can think and grow rich. And at that same time, a friend of mine 
we both bought the book Thinking Grow Rich. Well, in Thinking Grow Rich, I started realizing, okay, in order for me to change my life, I've got to give something back. And at that time, I was working three jobs, uh, one of them being the vision therapist, um, the other two, I was in restaurant, the rent- restaurant industry. And I just didn't feel like I had anything to give back because most of my stuff was in my car and I was sleeping on couches with my friends. So I was kind of, uh, I, I didn't, I was in a really um, not good mindset, even though I had money flowing in from these jobs, it was really just to pay for everything. I, you know, the divorce, pay for myself to live and also give it to my son who was very young at the time. Long story short, I was like, what can I give? And I remember a book that my mom gave me when I was really young by Zig Ziglar and hearing his story about how he started and how he just, you know, just started speaking in shelters and started just go, you know, stepping at the plate on there. And I thought, well, first things first, I wish I knew a lot of this mindset stuff when I was younger, which I actually did. My mom taught me, but you know, when you're a kid, you're like, eh, what do our parents know? (laughs) We know everything. Uh, Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so I I just wish I had knew more of a structure of how the mindset worked and how the money beliefs worked and how the blueprint worked and how all of these these divine law of attraction type things worked. And when I learned it in this seminar, and it was the first time I felt belief in myself again that I can become wealthy or even change my life, I thought, how do I give back? But my friend had to pay for my ticket into this seminar. And I thought, what if I can give it for free, you know, to people who are struggling just like I am, what I'll do is I'll get it from the seminar and I'll create something and I'll go to the, the homeless shelter and I'll give back. And that'll be, that'll be the way for, you know, God to see or the universe to see that I'm giving something so I can get something in return. So I thought that was like my ticket in to this like higher realm of the law of attraction. So, so I, uh, actually my friend who took me to, this seminar was the one who had the idea of, um, we should go and speak about this. We can do this. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But I said, all right, I'll put it all together if you speak. So I was really good at the time at creating documents and worksheets and things like that. Cause I was already doing it, uh, as a vision therapist for our, our children that came in, um, and you know, some of those being the autistic kids. Um, so I created these worksheets and I, put together a PowerPoint for the very first time. That's when Google was really starting to get big. And I learned everything, how to create a PowerPoint off Google, literally within 24 hours. And I remember when it was time to get into the shelter and go speak, um, my friend backed out at the last minute and I was freaking out because I wasn't a speaker. It wasn't my plan to do this. It was her idea. I just thought I was going to jump on the bandwagon and do this alongside her. And I was always the kind of person that had to have somebody hold my hand when I wanted to step up to the plate. So if there's anything that really bothered me, it's the fact that I don't like saying I'm going to do something and then I flake on it or back down, especially when there's people in need. So getting into the shelter is not easy. You got to have a background check. You got to go through an interview. You know, we made ourselves sound really good. Like we're these, you know, high class speakers. We know what we're doing. Um, we kind of had this idea back in the day that we were going to fake it till we made it. And even though it wasn't like we weren't in full integrity back then in our minds, we were in our early twenties. We thought we were, (laughs) so we definitely like a different idea of integrity back then versus I, where I'm at now. 
but we ended up getting uh, our way into the door and we got our first workshop. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to let this shelter down. I'm going to do it myself. And a friend of mine gave me the best tip ever. And he said, look, you go in there and you just be you. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. And I sure enough went in there. I put the PowerPoint together. It was me, uh, my brother-in-law. My brother-in-law ended up going with me because I begged everybody to go with me and he went with me. And I took my boom box because one of the things that me and my friend, our vision was, was to have music. We always wanted to have music and like hip hop style. We just thought these seminars would be so much more cooler for the 20s because we were in our 20s back then. If there was music, if there was like some entertainment, because part of it was awesome, but part of it was really boring. Well, I went in and in my terminology, I, I killed it. I, I slayed. And people were coming up to me afterwards and just hugging me. And there was a mom who came up to me and she was crying. She said, this is my first time ever hearing this kind of stuff. You know, I'm, I'm from Lavario. I never heard this. Um, I wish I knew this stuff when I was younger. And I just related so much to her. And I thought to myself, one of the things I said to, to my crowd when I went in was I was completely 100% truthful. I said, this is my first time speaking. I'm going to be me today. I put all this together and these worksheets that we're about to do, I'm doing them with you because we're going to do this journey together. And sure enough, we did it all together. And I ended up going back every weekend and then once a month. And then I ended up going on, I stayed at that shelter for two years. I ended up going on to a, a parenting shelter. And then I ended up uh, staying with the shelter community for about four years. And then uh, that kind of started my journey. Um, and now I am where I am today. I just never thought I wasn't in social media back then. I didn't really know much about it. And uh, I started writing the book five years ago. I took a break, a huge break, a couple of years off of speaking and doing everything. I kind of had to do my own um, find yourself type of thing. And went traveling to a couple countries, ended up in uh, Cairo, Egypt during the revolution and uh, Rwanda. And when I came back, I thought, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick it back up. And I started a company called Conscious Cool, published my first magazine, um, realized magazines aren't for me. <laughs> and then I thought, uh, maybe I'll write a book about my life, make a joke about it. All these men I'm dating along this journey of helping other people. And that book turned into five years of self-growth and therapy. I, I like to call the book my therapy. And um, yeah, that's how I ended up where I'm at today. <laughs> Long story short, that's how where I'm doing now. I love that story. I love that story so much because I love, I love that you, you know, you had this vision and you're like, okay, I'm going to be behind the scenes and, you know, that fear when you had to put yourself out there that I know I everyone face, faces, like, it doesn't matter what level of this journey that you're on, whenever it comes to up leveling and like being seen, you know, being seen more, you know, putting yourself out there, we all start to feel these insecurities. And some of us allow it to hold us back and not take action, but you just like took that messy action and just let your journey evolve into where it is today without really 
having to know what it was going to turn out like. I feel like so many people are held back because they're like, well, I'm not really sure like what I want to do, what it's going to look like. And you just like went for it anyways. Yeah, I'm definitely, my mom used to tell everybody, my mom was so proud. She would always say, my daughter's a motivational speaker. And I'd be like, no, no. And it's not that I I don't want to be. It's just, I, I'm a, I'm a very big rebel. I've always been. And I don't, I didn't want that title on me because I felt like that title carried so much, um, so much authority and they had to be a certain way, just from what I had seen motivational speakers be. I love, I love self-growth. I love self-development and going to see motivational speakers, but I just thought that's never going to be me. Never. But for some reason, I've always been drawn to giving more, giving more. And the more I've given, the more I've stepped up to the plate, the more leadership has grown inside me. And I'm creating these, uh, these platforms I've created now since then have created many events where I've offered the platform for other speakers in local communities to come up who've never spoken to give them the opportunity to share their stories. And, and then I'm always, I'm always headlining it like the one I'm doing in Vegas. And it's just the more I've done it, the more I get up there and the more I talk, I share the story and I, I do it from the purest place of my heart. And I always tell people, even if one person shows up, that one person can be the world changer and we don't even know it, you know? So yeah, I try to look at it like that. I love that. And I love that you started from a place of service and wanting to serve others. Like, I think that's so important when you are not just starting a business, but I mean, just in general in life, but can you speak into the importance of that in what it has made possible in your life to serve others have like starting from a place of service, you know, like not going into it. I think so many times we go into entrepreneurship or, you know, starting a side hustle for like, not all the time, but some people go into it for like making more money, which that's, that's totally fine. But for me, it's like wanting to serve others first and what the money really makes possible, you know? So can you speak into like what has, you know, coming from a place of service, how is that really, I feel like it's opened a lot of doors for you. Yeah, absolutely. It has. Uh, and it also has, okay, so let me start by this. The first four years of speaking at the shelters, I didn't get paid one dime. In fact, there was many times where I didn't have gas money. And I used the last bit of, of money I did have, let's just say, was for uh, to go out with my friends and party because that was like a, a big importance in my life back then. I, I'd say, hey, I can't drink tonight, guys, because I spent it on um, gas money to go talk at the shelter tonight. And I never got paid. And everybody would say, you need to start asking them for money. You need to start asking them for money. And the day that I put a proposal together and I had to stand my ground and say, you know, um, I'm requesting... 45, I remember I went into the office and I said, I'm requesting $45 for my hour here when I come. And it's really just to cover a lot of gas and, and some of the equipment I'm bringing. And I remember when they turned me down and I remember it was a pivotal point for me thinking I could keep coming here because they wanted me to keep continuing or I can stand my ground and start knowing my worth. And it was that moment that I realized there's service but there's also serving yourself as well and stepping into a new, basically leveling up. And there will be more people to come and there will be more people to serve them who are starting out. But now it's time for me to move on from this place. So once I did that, 
to answer your question, that opened up doors for me because I saw a new worth in myself. And it also opened up doors for me because I also had the background of serving others and I can continue serving others, but in a different way, which I did. I, I continued serving others, which now I create events where I provide platforms for other speakers, for myself, for, you know, um, other authors, coaches also open doors for me to, you know, spend time to school myself more, go through learning and certification programs such as yoga, where I began my retreats and, you know, like serving others in the jails when I went to go teach yoga with the, alongside with the Dr. Jules Wyatt um, in the prison yoga project. I did that for a year and a half and I realized you can serve, but you also need to stand in your truth and in your self-worth. And, and that changes just like everything else in your life. Yeah. Thank you for talking about that. Cause I think it's important to really understand that balance of, you know, coming from a place of service and wanting to help others and having that really be the driving force, but also having those boundaries and knowing your worth and, not allowing your service of others to be at in sacrifice of yourself. Right. Good word. Yes. Yeah. So another part of your story that I really love is how you have created a lot of opportunities for yourself. You know, instead of waiting for things to, uh, you know, come to you or, or happen for you, you've just like created it for yourself, like these workshops and, like you said, fake it until you make it. I feel like so much of that attitude has really created, like you just went out and created those opportunities for yourself. Right. And it started with the word capable. I remember back in the day, 2008, when I first started, I remember thinking, I'm capable. I'm capable of doing this. Like Marie, Marie Forleo, I don't know if you've heard of her. She has a word that she teaches her tribe and it's called figure outable. Well, my word back then before I knew about all these other gurus was I'm capable and I knew I was capable of doing things if I just tried them, just tried them and, and see just to see what happened. So I, I pretended like everything was a science experiment, which I've always been into science. So I was like, I'm going to look at it like a game, like life is a game, but it's also a science experiment and I'm going to have fun with it. And that's how I made light of things that didn't go my way, because there's a lot of things where things didn't go my way. And I was like, oh, well, that experiment didn't work. Let me try something else. And creating these opportunities such as the retreats, for example. Uh, you know, I wanted to be a yoga instructor and teach at retreats. Uh, it's almost like a dream for many yoga instructors to become guest teachers at retreats and get paid the big dollar. And a friend of mine who worked, my friend Sarah, who worked in the prison yoga project with me, came to me one day and she said, we should do a retreat. And I said, all right, let's do it. For me, it's very simple. I just say, let's do it. And then I'm committed. And then I try to figure out from there, what do we need to make this happen? And let's get it. Let's do what we need to do. Invest what we need to invest and make it happen. And that's where we learn. We created our first retreat and then we started a business with it because we wanted to have a place for our money to go because we were bringing in um, some money from, from our retreats and there was money going out. So we wanted to create that. That was our second, that was my second business. Since then, we've dissolved it because uh, we're both in transition going back to our first businesses. She had a business, I had a business, and we're going back to that. So the creating of that 
that idea was just for the retreats and the money flow going through. It wasn't, we weren't married to it, but the creation of the retreats has taught us so much. It's taught me that I don't have to wait to be a retreat leader. I can create my own retreats. Same thing with the speaking. I don't need to wait for spots to open up or, you know, I'll I'll apply to some that I'm interested in. And if I don't get them, I'm like, it's okay. Cause that's not where my heart at. My heart is for the people. I will get up on stage and I will deliver the message, whether you pay me or not. And because for me, I've always lived, I lived with the mindset that death could be at my door any moment. And I've always been in very big perspective that some kids don't even make it to my age. You know, especially with the death of my brother, that was really big for me. And I know how big mental health is. I, you know, I've had a lot of friends lose their minds. I've had, you know, myself, myself, I've always had battled with my own mindset, my own mental health very, very badly. And I always think to myself, tomorrow's not promised. Today's not promised. This next hour is not promised. So when I get on stage, I try to deliver the most powerful message I can for anybody out there who is going through anything similar. Yeah, that really resonates with me because that's really how I have created my businesses instead of, you know, waiting for, you know, to get invited to be a speaker or, you know, it's like just creating it for yourself. And so I really resonate with that. And, you know, I really resonate with your background in mental health. So can you share a little bit more about that and, and maybe some of you know the own, your own personal struggles that you have gone through to get to where you're at now. Sure. Uh, well, I I guess I was first introduced to mental health when I my one of my favorite uncles. Um, I found out he had schizophrenia. We didn't really know he had that. You know, as a kid, you just think it's normal that somebody's just like, oh, he talks to himself. He has friends. Okay, well, that's normal because a lot of kids do that too. <laughs> so we just always thought like he was just a big kid. And as we got older, we learned, you know, he had schizophrenia. And I think that fascinated me. Uh, so from a young age, I've always been fascinated in, in schizophrenia, mental health, everything like that, that I've always read books about it. And uh, I worked with the special needs group in my high school um, as a volunteer. And when I got older, I got a job in vision therapy where we worked with the kids' eyes. So we'd have to help with their vision and because, uh, you know, the eyes are muscle. So we'd help uh, correct some vision problems like, um, you know, if they're, if they've had it, if adults have had strokes or um, had, you know, fell on the head, something hit their head or something in their eye, their eyes need some help. We would help with that. And we took on special needs, the kids with uh, autism. We started working with the music therapy and together that's when I started really diving in and getting closer to working with kids with autism. And my nephew ended up having autism and I saw the first signs in him. And when my sister needed help, I said, I think he has autism. And that began, you know, her opening up her eyes and me being there to help her. So my whole life feels like it's always had a path of working with kids with special needs or people with mental health. And when I was younger, my mom would take me to see a counselor because I had a lot of anger issues. I had a lot of emotional problems. Um, you know, we all go, we all, some, many of us have a, you know, story of um, not the greatest childhood. Well, that was one of mine. And 
And I think that led me to a lot of anger issues. Um, I was diagnosed with severe bipolar when I was, I believe I was like 17, 18, somewhere around there. And the doctor wanted to put me on all this medication. And my mom at the time was very holistic and she, she, well, she's still holistic, but she was like, no, my kid's not going to do this. And I remember her telling me, you're not going to be put on any medication. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to fight through this. So I learned at a very young age, I'm going to have to fight all my demons pretty much. And me and my siblings, there's, there's five of us. There was five of us. And we used to all share the same thing. You know, we were fighting our demons. We were always going through depression together. We, we always fought very hard alongside each other. And two years ago, when I heard the death of my brother taking his life, it was very devastating. And it still is. And it was just one of those moments where you're like, okay, he did it. And there's a very high rate of suicide with siblings, actually, who one takes their life and the other takes their life. And I could see why, you know, when you're a sibling, it's like a limb of you is, is cut off. So that was a, a huge eye-opener, especially the fact that my book was in final editing. It was done. It was being processed. I was, my book launch, um, my book trailer had launched the previous day. Uh, I worked so hard on it and um, I kind of joke around, but not really, but I always say he stole my thunder <laughs> the next day. And, you know, I went through a period where I was like, shut down everything. I don't, I can't do this book. The book was, it, it had a lot of dating stories in there. And there was one of the things we heard is that my brother took his life over a girl, but there was a lot, a lot of things that a lot of factors, a lot of those was mental health. He was on a lot of pharmaceutical drugs. There was a lot of side effects. He was living on somebody's couch. He had $34 in his bank account. He was paying high child support. You know, there was a lot of things he came to me weeks before and I didn't, I didn't know, you know, you just think that when people come to you that they're going to fight through because you've seen them go through worse things. And one of those things was child support. I had to pay child support, you know, when my son uh, got taken and I remember telling my brother, like, look, you're going to get through this. I, we're going to get through this together. Yeah, I got a book coming out. We're going to, we're going to be famous. You know, any, anything I did, any success I've ever had was never about me. It was always we. And, uh, he went to school for marketing. I didn't go to school for the only certification or, or school I have is two months of college. And I dropped out cause I didn't want to go in debt, <laughs> but, um, so everything's been like Barnes and Nobles. I like to say Barnes and Nobles is good and Google are my college, but, the suicide of my brother was a big awakening for me, not just for myself, but so many people out there, you know, that the, what I teach in my retreats um, was that you've got to nurture your warrior. The warrior is what's got me through all of these years, dealing with my own suicidal battles, the times that I've tried to hurt myself and, and, you know, with um, overdosing on medication, um, you know, trying to slice my, my wrist, you know, planning my own deaths. Um, and then seeing my brother do it, just, it was just crushing. Like, okay, you can have all this peace and love in your life, but you've got to nurture your warrior. And when I go and speak and when I go and talk in the retreats and I do all of these things, my main message is to nurture the warrior because when you're a warrior and when you're on the battlefield, you're not going to stop and say, um, you know, oh, wait, hold on. I'm going through a hard time. 
on the battlefield. Hold on. Let me just get my thoughts together. No, if somebody's coming after you and they're, they're coming after somebody you love, especially you're going to fight. And that's how you got to That's how you've got to view it when you're going through a war. That's how you got to view it when you're going through your struggles. Like you're about, you're going through a fight. You got to stand up to your demons and you've got to say not today, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So how do we, how do we nurture that inner warrior? Like what are some things that we can do to make sure that we are nurturing? That? Yeah. So, um, with every warrior, like you got to have your tribe. And I know for me, what I do is, and I practice what I preach. So everything I'm, I do for myself, I tell other people, you know, make sure you have a support of people that you can call instantly. You know, I just had an episode actually not too long ago. I knew my hormones dropped. I'm very big on biology. So I knew something was wrong and I have a checklist. So it's like checking a car when a car is, you know, going down, is the oil in there? You know, I know this example has been used many times. What's the same for your body? You know, how are your hormones doing? So I checked my hormones. I checked my period calendar. I, especially for women, there's a high rate of, um, you know, being misdiagnosed with bipolar or, or manic or, you know, all of these mental illnesses because of our, our cycles, our monthly cycles, our continuous change. Um, so I check my hormones and then I make sure I've taken the ones and if I need to take extra supplements to help me, you know, raise my serotonin levels, then that's what I do. But if that's not working, then I know something's seriously off and I check my, my, you know, what's, what's going on in my life. What's the core of it. Am I very unhappy about something? Because when you're in that state of mind, there's something at the root that is causing most of this, most of the illness, most of the sickness, um, most of these anger issues. So I try to, I try to allow myself as much as I'm angry, as much as I'm going through this battle, this mental, you know, illness that I'm about to go through. Cause I get very suicidal when I'm going through it. I'm, I'm, I start digging deep and I allow a third person, which is my observer, I allow my third person to go in and start basically checking everything. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And I have my warrior basically stand guard while my observer goes in and checks out everything. And then my healer is there just in case shit is about to go down. I'm sorry. Uh, just in case things are about to go down and you can swear. You know, girl. I tell okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like to tell everybody in everybody there is, it's almost like the, the, um, you know, I like to say, well, you learn this in church when you're younger, kind of like, you know, the Holy Spirit, the um, God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's, there's, it's almost like a sign that there's three parts of us or four parts of us or however many you want to say. There's many of us in, in each of us. And I like to say mine is the warrior, the demon, the healer. And then there's the observer who sees it all, which is like the great spirit, the, the universe, however you want to look at it, God. And I do this. I go in. I evaluate what's going on. So first is support. Second is do your checklist, see what's going on. And then third, that's when you need to get your body moving. I got up. I knew I needed to go run. That's the first thing I, I said I need to do. I sat in the parking lot and I fought with myself for two hours because I was fighting and sobbing. I did not want to go into the gym, but I knew I had to. And I remember hearing a voice in my head saying, fight, fight, fight. And I was like, okay. And it, you know, and I grab my water and I'm not kidding. As soon as you get your body going, as soon as you get it going, it's just, it's almost like you're releasing so much. So those three things. And then afterwards I was able to come home. I was able to take a nice bath. I was able to meditate that night because I was more calm. I was more collective. And, um, it, 
It's like you have to do those things. You have to have support. You've got to do your observation. You've got to get your body moving. You've got to do some meditation or something to calm your mind, whether that's soft music or even just silence, you know, um, and then always make sure. I also knew food wise, no acidic foods because <laughs> I knew anything I ate while I was, I knew I was facing the storm. I couldn't have anything acidic. I couldn't have no, I don't drink soda, but sometimes I'll have coffee. And I said to myself, no coffee, like acidic is just going to make your body even worse. So that's a big uh, key to, you know, nurturing your warrior. You know, your warrior needs to be in the best state to fight for you. And that's how you got to look at it. Yeah, I love that. And can you explain those concepts of, you know, the observer and the healer, the warrior? And I think you said the demon, Yeah, the right? demon. So the demon or demons, I like to say, is something that's... You know, it's kind of like what they say, you can't have the light without the dark. Like you're always going to go through this world with that. And the demon is kind of like, I'll start there because that's where, that's where trouble begins. And it's things such as, you know, uh, triggers, old stories, past things that you grew up with, old beliefs, um, mental illness, uh, you know, unhealthiness, anything that you struggle with, those are your demons trying to, um, they are there to, to basically take you out. It's, it's a struggle the, this world is, is full of that. Everybody's got it. The healer is the one in me that is the, um, the one who was all about peace, love, happiness, you know, everybody love everybody. Also like, um, the, the self-development person, the one that wants to figure out, uh, like the doctor, the one who wants to find out what we can do to make ourselves better one who says yes to all of the good things. And then we've got the warrior. My warrior is the fighter, the seductress as well. Uh, the one who likes to go and get drunk and have fun and flirt with guys and do all the random crazy things because that's that's the warrior. Uh, but also the one that was is ready to stand at any moment. Like, let's do this, you know. And, and then I've got my observer. And the observer is the all-knowing um, you know, the universe juice, the God, great spirit, the one who, uh, is just aware of everything going on, everything, everyone, all times, you know, no right, no wrong, just there, but, but can find the answers that I seek without judgment. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. And before my last question, is there anything you wish I would have asked you or like a final message that you want to leave with my audience? I think the final message would just be to, you know, if anybody's out there and I like, I love encouraging anybody out there who wants, who wants a more fulfilled, purposeful, meaningful life, no matter where they're at, whether they're in the cubicle, whether they're a stay at home mom, dad, paying child support, uh, not paying child support, single parent, you know, wherever the rat, large, small, black, white, brown, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who you are. My final message is be kind to yourself and be kind to others, even especially when it's hard. And go after what you want, like we were talking about earlier, and look at, even if you have to change your view of life, 
even if you have to start nurturing your warrior from the beginning, go after what you want and start slaying to get there because you only have one life. And if you're 25, if you're five years old, if you're 10, if you're 21, 50, 60, 70, there's somebody who didn't make it to that age who would have loved the opportunity to have the opportunity that you're in now. So you can cry, you can scream when you're going through your battles, but by God, you get your ass back up and you fight and you keep going forward. Oh, I love it so much. Thank you so much for sharing so openly and, you know, talking about some topics that we just don't talk about enough, you know, I mean, mental health and really sharing about your own personal struggles. I feel like, you know, not enough people are, are sharing about that. So thank you so much. I know that this is going to be a really powerful episode for so many people. So where can people find you and learn about you and connect with you? Yeah, they can find me on sexyfreedom.com, sexyfreedommedia.com. My website, uh, also my Instagram, hell of a journey, which is with one L H E L O F journey. And also sexy freedom media. You can also find me on Facebook, sexy freedom media. I have Twitter. <laughs> I have Twitter. I always laugh because it's really funny. I'm just like new on there, but it's hell of a journey. So yeah, they can find my book on Amazon. So nothing sexier than freedom. And the other one, your uh, inner evolution. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. And my final question that I like to ask is related to taking action because I believe that that's really, you know, how we integrate what we learn on podcasts, you know, uh, through books, through anything, but really in how we make progress in our lives. So what would be three action steps that my listeners could take today to live a more uplifted life? Well, um, I think your listeners are very, I think all of our listeners are very smart. So they already know they need to write down things that they want. I'm going to say to take the extra step. And I know that they're capable of investing. Even people who say they don't have money. Stop saying you don't have money because you buy some coffee and you buy your soda and you buy your beers and you buy your clothes. Start taking that money, change your mindset up and start investing into the programs that you want to do or you want to become or you want to be like, and I'm using those very loosely, but if you want to be a business coach, if you want to be a speaker, if you want to be an author, if you want to be a real estate agent, if you want to you know, be go to school, start taking that money and start investing it in you. So that's my first thing is change your mindset on money and start investing that money into you. And if you don't have the money for something, start saving that money so you do have it. All right. So that's number one. Invest your money wisely and put that into you. Number two is, again, money. Um, debt. Debt is awful. Debt will keep you enslaved. So if you have debt, get your money in order. Write down all of your debt. Look up Dave Ramsey. Look up all these financial gurus, whoever they are. I'm not one of them, but... I know they helped me. And once I got out of debt, oh my God, the world opened up, opened up bigger than it's ever opened up before. So one, invest in yourself two, get out of debt. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and three, wherever you're at, like I said before, find your support, find people that are going to believe in you and tell them what you want to do. And even say, 
would you do this with me? Or would you actually just help me, um, encourage me to do this? Because you know you want to do it. And sometimes some of us just need somebody to give us that extra push. So either have them hold your hand like I did back in the day or have them push you to do it. But that will probably get your ass up and going. So those are my top three things. I love that so much. Thank you so much for all of those tips. And again, for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge and your story just so openly. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're awesome. You're awesome as well. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with me. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss one. If this episode really resonated with you, it would mean so much to me if you screenshot and share it with your friends and family or share it on your Instagram story. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which helps me spread the message and get the podcast heard by more people. For more self-love and powerlifting inspiration, come follow me on Instagram or join my private Facebook group, Self Love School. The links are in the show notes. And until next time, stay uplifted.